This is the Real Grand Podcast. Welcome home. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Grand Podcast, guys. Today, actually, we have a really interesting uh, session, a really uh, important conversation that we're about to have with Public Relations Coordinator for Yaki Animal Rescue, Ms. Alyssa Cerrone. Hi. Uh, welcome to the Real Grand Podcast. We're excited to, to be here with you today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Animal welfare, animal rights, um, is it's definitely something that we need to to put a spotlight on, right? It's I can imagine, you know, what what is seen on, on your end, what you guys see, you know, at the rescue. So um, Yaki Animal Rescue. So tell us about your facility, about the mission. What is what is Yaki? So we're a no-kill animal rescue located in Sullivan City in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, we're a nonprofit organization and we actually have over 300 animals in our care. Uh, we have everything from cats to dogs to horses, pigs, cows, chickens. We've even rescued opossums. So we've kind of rescued almost every animal that you can you can think of. Okay, so this is definitely not just dogs and cats. No, we have a uh, 19 cows, five horses, six pigs. We have a goat. We have ducks, chickens. Uh, we're basically a full farm. Well, yeah, that's what it sounds like. And these were all like these are all rescue animals. Yeah. So every animal that's at our facility, every resident that we have is a rescued animal. Wow. So, well, let me ask this: How did um, how did this facility come to be? How did how did it start? So it's an interesting story. The owner's grandparents had this land many, many years ago, and it was sold off to other people. And around the time of 2006, she decided that she wanted to start an animal rescue and the property went up for sale. And so she bought the property with the intentions of using it to rescue animals. Oh, okay. So that was like from the start, that was the mission. As soon as she got, she got the property, she had something to get started, get going. Yes. And so we have 80 acres. It's really amazing. It's this sort of um, open acreage where the horses and cows can, can roam free. And then we have large facilities for our dogs and a house for our cat, which cats, which we call a catio. A catio. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. So she got the property. How did the animals show up? How did they get to find the facility? So I think in the beginning, it started by word of mouth. She was rescuing through her neighborhood, her sister's neighborhood. And then when social media started to rise, we started to get more um, calls through our social media pages and our phone. And now we're really a pretty full-scale operation. Okay, wow. Yeah, that's what we were noticing. It's like this is a whole full-fledged <laughs> business, right? It's a nonprofit, but I yes. mean it's this is a full-time gig is what it looks like. Yeah, it is a full-time gig and it's a pretty expensive full-time job. We're really happy to rescue these animals, but it's expensive to run the ranch. Um it cost us gosh, about $10,000 a month just to keep the ranch running and to keep our animals safe, and that doesn't include the other animals that we're helping across the Rio Grande Valley. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's we got to consider all those factors, right? So it's a full time gig, like we said, is that a product of just the situation of how many rescue animals there are? Or is that was it supposed to be like a, a full fledged business? No, I don't think she ever had the intentions of having this many animals, but unfortunately, our area is home to one of the largest stray populations in the nation. So we receive endless calls throughout the week from people saying, 
I found two dumped puppies or there's three stray cats in my backyard or I'm moving and I need you to take my animal. Um, We receive a ton of calls throughout the week from people needing help. I see. You know what? Okay, so let me ask you, um, why is it that? Why why is it that there's so many strays, so many, you know, kittens left in a box? Like what's going on? What's going on there? That's a great question that I don't have the answer to, but what I do know is it's a result of a lot of people not spaying and neutering their pets. So one thing that you'll learn if you look into animal rescue is that dogs and cats can repopulate very, very quickly. And so if you don't spay and neuter your animal, you can expect that they will likely be pregnant or repopulating in the near future. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and then if everyone has their dogs outside and they all get together, I guess that's just a product of of the situation then, right? And then they find themselves at Yaki. Yes. And unfortunately, we don't have any laws that support that right now. So there's not, other states have spay and neuter laws where they require their residents to spay and neuter their animals, um, which obviously helps to reduce the overpopulation problem. We don't have those laws in Texas. And so it just increases the stray population. Oh, man. Okay. So there's like compounding factors here. Wow. And you also mentioned like horses and cows. How is it a, how does a horse or a cow, I mean, I don't imagine that they'd be astray. I've never really seen like cows walk on down the highway, but um, is this like a, are we talking about places that they hear about somebody left the cow at the ranch or like abuse even? Yeah, most of those situations are based on neglect and abuse. So someone will call us and say that there's this horse that's being starved or is left out in the sun all day and doesn't have any food. And we will often contact the owners and ask if they're willing to owner surrender so that we can give that horse or cow a better life. I see. I see. And this is at this is at the ranch. You, you mentioned you mentioned that it's a ranch. Yes. Are people able to go see them or how does that work? Is it, I mean, is it open to the public? Yes, we're open to the public by appointment. Um, But if you're interested in adopting a cat, a dog, a horse, a cow, a pig, you can come visit us and then we'll try to find the right animal for you. Okay. I mean, are there, um, is there like a interview process or like, could I just say I want to go get a horse? How does that work? (laughs) Um, Yeah, we ask that you, you... There is a screening process. So we want you to fill out an adoption application form. And then we just make sure that you have the right resources and home to take care of that specific animal. And I really felt that this was an important conversation because I can't tell you how many times I've gone down like dirt roads and I see like dogs running around. You just imagine, you know, that they were left out there. Sometimes it's obvious, right? They they look hungry. They look like they haven't had a shower had been bathed in quite a while. And it just, it just makes me, uh, makes me wonder why, you know, that situation, you know, why it is the way that it is. And then I was also just, um, interested or excited to, to learn more about like how we can, I guess, curb that problem. And what can we really do? Like, is, are there any things that we can, are there things we can do as a community to help, curb this issue of of strays and animal abuse? Is that that part part of the problem? Yeah. What can we do about that? So the best thing that you can do is for you to spay and neuter your own pets. And then you can also participate in a trap neuter release program. And what that basically means is, let's say you have cats in your neighborhood and people are feeding them. You can go and get them spayed or neutered so that they don't continue to overpopulate. 
and they can remain outdoors as long as they're getting food. Um, so it, that reduces the stray population. And then donating to your local shelters makes all the difference in the world. So if you can take $5 a month out of your paycheck and donate to local animal rescues, we can help to get these dogs spayed and neutered and get them off the streets and find them their forever homes. Okay. So that is that is a worthwhile endeavor. Even $5 a month, that's getting somewhere. Yeah. We, we always tell people if you can trade in a Starbucks, one Starbucks a month to donate to our animals, it really helps to make sure that we can find these animals really great homes. Okay. Wow. And so, I mean, I'm assuming that you guys also do adoption, right? I mean, you can yes. go adopt a, a pet. Uh, tell us about that. I mean, have uh, do you keep up with, like if I adopted a dog, do you get to keep up with like the, the stories of how they're doing at their new homes? Yeah, we do usually do a couple of check-ins after the dog has been placed in a home. And then most of the time we've developed really great relationships with our adopters, whether it's through social media or texting, and they're always willing to share pictures with us and to show us what the dog has been up to or cat is up to today. Okay. And these are these are pets that were found, right? Sometimes like they like mange and different now they're like they have their own life, their own yes. home. So you get to see the the three sixty. It's incredible to say to see. I would say that about ninety percent of the animals that are at our ranch were pro- were abandoned or neglected. So most of them were strays on the streets. They're not owner surrenders, or they're not people turning their dogs or cats over to us. They were literally found on some rural road in the Rio Grande Valley. And when we find them, they're not in the best condition most of the time. So they're either full of fleas or ticks or mange. They may have heartworm. Um, they may have behavioral issues. So when we get them, we do our best to rehab them. And then when they're ready, we'll find them a really great home to live out the rest of their life. Nice, nice. And how long have you been there working at the at the animal rescue? I've been volunteering there for about eight or nine years. And then recently I was just hired on to be their uh, public relations coordinator. Nice. And what has kept you there? Tell us about uh, your eight or nine years with the with the facility. So I grew up never having a dog. I was not a dog person until I moved down to the valley and my mom happened to foster a pet, which ended up being my dog, Pepperoni, today. Um, and I, as she was fostering the pet, I just sort of fell in love with the process and then I visited Yaki one time with my mom and I fell in love with the place. And I felt like it was a little slice of heaven in the Rio Grande Valley. And I just couldn't believe how magical it was. We drove up through the gate and we had some carrots and some apples and the horses came and stuck their head in the windows and we were able to feed them and pet them. And I was just in awe at how beautiful it was and how well maintained the kennels were and how happy the dogs were. And I just felt like it was a wonderful place um, to visit and just to support in general. Okay. So how can we support? How can we, I mean, obviously uh, I'm assuming there's a a means to, or a structured way to make donations. Yes. But what what can we do to help, help the, the mission? So as I said before, the best way to help us is to do monthly donations. So if you can do $5, $10, $20, it helps us keep up with our our bills and make sure that our facilities are running. You can also make a one-time donation on our website. We have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. And then if you don't want to do that, you can donate food or supplies to us. So we're always accepting dog food, cat food, cleaning supplies, 
or you can come visit us at our events. We have really amazing fundraising events. They're super fun. You can come with your family and your dog and spend the day with us, and that helps us to raise money for our animals. Awesome. So if I had like extra hay for the horses, I could just yes. take it. You you accept that those kind of anything, yeah. huh? We'll accept hay for the horses. We'll accept feed, pig feed, chicken feed. Um, we'll accept cat food, dog food, litter, and then even household items like bleach, mops, towel, old towels. We can repurpose those and use them. And how long do the animals stay on the ranch? I mean, I know it's a rescue, but it's also up for adoption. Are there any like residents, any residents of the of the ranch? Yeah. So they basically will be there until they get adopted or transported to another no-kill rescue. We do not euthanize to make space for new pets. So what that means is even if we've had a dog for five years, we will not euthanize that dog to make space for a new dog. We have had some really long-term residents. We've had some there since 2013. They've been there for 10 years because no one has been interested in adopting them. So they've lived their life there. It's not ideal. We would rather them be in a home, but they are getting the care and the food that they need there. And they're getting love and attention as well. That's true. So I imagine, I'm assuming you must have developed some relationships with some of those dogs, huh? Yeah, we love them. I mean, they're kind of like our little mascots. They've been there so long that they feel like family, but we would like them to be in a home. Our preference is for them to be in a home and to be adopted by a really great family. Yeah, well, that that's true. I mean, that's the the ideal situation, right? That's yes. that's how it should have been in the first place. Yep. Right. We we don't necessarily want them to be at the rescue center in the first place. Yeah, we don't want them there forever. Okay, that's. I mean, and and uh, how is the how are we doing as a community as far as going to adopt? Are are people showing up to this to your location? So we don't get a ton of adoptions off of our ranch, and we've recently switched models to it's a transport model. So now what we're doing is we're actually taking healthy dogs and we're transporting them to other parts of the United States that don't have an overpopulation problem. So they go to other no-kill rescues and then they'll be adopted out from those rescues. So we're getting them to other places where they have a better chance of being adopted. We do get adoptions here. Just the problem is, is that there's so many animals on the streets that most people, if you talk to them, they'll say, oh, I have three dogs. I actually found them on the street and I kept them. So a lot of people are adopting just off the street from the animals that they find. So we're, we've changed models so that we can actually send them to other places where they can find really great homes. Oh, okay. That's true. I've heard those stories too. Like, yeah. or you just keep feeding the cat and now, yes. <laughs> now it's your cat. Yeah. There's just so many animals. And so it's hard for, it's hard for us to keep up with the animals. It's hard for our community members to keep up with the animals. Um, and everybody's doing their best, but we just can't keep up with the overpopulation. So what's, uh, I mean, if, I don't know if this is a stat that uh, you guys pay attention to, but could you tell yeah. me what animal, like, are there more dogs there, more cats? Or what do you see more of as far as strays or rescues? Really, it's hard to say. Um, they reproduce at different times of the year. So right now we're seeing a ton of cats being born. But I, I think there's about a million people across the Rio Grande Valley. And then we can safely guess that there's over 2 million pets. Really? Yes. So they're doubling us in size, and a lot of these animals are on the streets. Okay, and you mean two million pets, right? Like, 
that have a home? No, that just 2 million. We can just kind of safely assume that it, there's 2 million animals, double the amount of humans here. Wow. And it may be even more than that. Okay. And that's just an estimate, right? Yeah. We don't know. We um, There's really no way to tell because these animals are spread across the Rio Grande Valley, living in rural anim- uh, rural areas. So it's really hard to tell how many animals are actually out there. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, um, that's that's a really big number. Yes. Just just I can't even imagine that. So this, uh, if I were to find like a kitten on the on the street, is, is that is that how it works? I just call the the, the facility and and uh, do I take it to you guys or how does that work? Yeah, unfortunately, we're at max capacity right now, so we can't take any animals into our location. But if you're able to foster the animal, then we can get the animal care. And then what we'll do is we'll submit the animal for transport. And basically, what that means is. We'll reach out to our network partners, other rescues across the nation, and we'll see if they're able to help and take the animal. And if they are, you'll hold the animal until transport date, and then the animal will get on a van and ride across the country to the other no-kill rescue. Oh, so you do fostering too? We do. Fo- we need fost- so many fosters. We're, we're dying for fosters. Okay, so tell what is fostering? Because we actually have a friend that... I want to say she's done that. Like she has like kittens for like two weeks at a time or something or a few weeks. What is fostering when we're talking about animals? Fostering is a temporary home for an animal. So you're providing them a temporary home. You're giving them shelter, food, water. You may take them to the vet to make sure that they get their vaccines and they're healthy, but you're just giving them short-term love and care until we can find another place for them. So, and anyone can do it. Like I could just have a cat for a few weeks like right now. Yep. Wow. Are, are people doing it? How, how are we doing in that department? Yeah, we do have a great network of fosters, but we need more. So when somebody reaches out to us and says, I found these two dogs, but I can't keep them. If we don't have a foster, we can't help. So we desperately need people to foster temporarily so that we can make arrangements to save those dogs. Okay, that's good to hear because I'm sure there's a lot of us that have probably never even heard of the concept of fostering, but like in terms of pets, of animals. That's that's good to hear. Is is that also it's, like an option for like horses and like the other animals too? Yeah, we don't really foster the farm animals as much. We usually just place them in new homes, but we'll definitely foster out cats and dogs. I've been a foster for years and it is one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life. So I will take a dog for a month and get the dog healthy, get it ready for transport. And I will always write a card to the new family telling the story of where I found the dog and how Yaki helped the dog. And then um, the dog will go to its new family. The new family will open my card and they'll either text me or call me or send me a Facebook message, but I'll always hear back from them and I'll get to follow them. So it's it's fulfilling even for the, fo- like not just the pet, but you as, as the foster yes. parent, like you've gotten so much out of that yourself. Yeah. I smile almost every day because I get on my Facebook and I have all of my, the dogs that I fostered, I have their new parents and I can see all the pictures of their new life. And it is incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. Wow. Do you have uh, people that do that like long-term people that foster like all the time? Yes, we do. We have some really amazing souls that... Once one foster is over, they'll pick up another foster. And we we cannot survive without them. Um, there's just too many animals and we don't have enough space. So we m- desperately need fosters to keep saving animals here. I think that's something that we can do. I mean, if if 
if every member, every household fostered one animal, I mean, that would probably, that would solve a lot of the problems of, of the, the facilities like your animal rescue, right? Greatly. Just fostering. Yep. Greatly. If everybody could open their home just temporarily to a dog or a cat, it would help us exponentially. Well, yeah. And dogs too. Yeah. We're just talking about cats right now. Yeah. You can foster a dog. Yep. Oh man. You know, the only problem with, about that would be letting them <laughs> go, right? That, oh, that probably took out your heart. So we bit. call that a foster fail which is great. We love when there's a foster fail, meaning you were only supposed to foster for a little bit, but you fell in love and you decided to keep the animal. And that does happen. All the time. Wow. All the time. And we love when that happens because we want the animals to end up in a really great home. So sometimes people will have the animal for a month and they'll say, I cannot let this animal go. Like I'm attached to this animal. I love this animal. And they'll keep the dog or cat for the rest of their life. So that's like the best type of failure. Yes, <laughs> that we failure. love a foster fail. <laughs> a foster fail. That's so cool. <laughs> See, I'd never heard about that either. That's why these conversations are so important. I mean, I I guess uh, I would probably be a foster failure myself. I can tell you that. Right I now. almost was a few times. Oh, I, yeah? It's hard. The Yaki crew always makes fun of me because every time I bring my foster to transport to the van, I am crying and crying and crying and crying. And it's like the worst pain of my life. But then when they get to the rescue and I get to see that they're there and safe, it's the happiest feeling of my life. But But would you do it again anyway? I do it again every single time. And it's, you know, it's so hard. It's like letting your baby go that you've just taken care of for all of these months. But then you get to see them in their homes. And I've had dogs go to Washington, D.C. and ride subways. I've had them in upstate New York on farms. And it's just amazing to see where they end up. I love that you get to see the journey too. I mean, you get, yes. yeah, you get to see where they go, where they end up. So you get to see like the happy ending. Yes. Most of them are living a better life than I am. <laughs> like they're traveling with their new parents and I have one in San Francisco and it's just amazing where they end up. Is that available to all fosters? Like if I held a dog, could I see like where he ended up and like get like a like feedback on how that went? Yeah, it's not guaranteed, but I always write a note begging for them to contact me. And I would say nine times out of 10, they will message you because they like to learn about where their dog came from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, man, I think that we all have some homework to do then, right? Yes. Make some space like in the, <laughs> in the spare bedroom or something like that. How long if... Um, if I was going to be a foster, do you say a foster parent? Yeah, how do foster you, how parent. Do, you term that? Sure. <laughs> uh, do I know in advance how long I'm going to have this animal? Yeah, you'll have a r- rough idea. So usually when the animal is tagged by another rescue, what they're doing immediately after that is that they're working on transport. And the transports here usually run one to two times a month. And so as long as there's space on that transport, we can get them out. Sometimes there isn't space because there's too many dogs or cats already going. So you might have to wait till the following transport. So it all just depends on um, the logistics behind when they can go. Okay, but you get a little bit of an estimate then, huh? Yeah, you'll know if it's like two weeks, one month, two months. We can give you a heads up about that. So you can have the, the foster for months. Yeah, I had one for like two and a half months and that was she was really hard. Her name was Parmesan and she was really, really hard to let go of. Well, if you're talking months and I can understand yeah. that that's going to be a little bit of a bittersweet moment. Yeah. Right? That, but that I've separation. also had some for two days. So sometimes someone will say, can you just take this dog for two days? They're going on a transport in two days. And I'll be like, absolutely. 
So I've had as short as like one to two days, as long as two and a half months. It sort of just depends on the situation. And did you mention that the yaki provides like the food and all that for them? Yeah. If you need help with, with food or even bedding, we can provide that. And then we will take care of all the vet costs. So as soon as the dog goes to your house, we'll make sure to get the dog a vet appointment or cat a vet appointment, and we'll go get them vaccinated, flea and tick, so that when they're in their your home, they're safe to you and your other pets. So you make it so easy for us. Like all we have to do is just, I mean, just go in and say we want to foster. That's right? it. Yeah. We just need people to be willing to open their homes to the animals and to be patient with them. Of course, a lot of these animals have never lived in a home before, so they're going to need a week or two to get adjusted, but... Um, they're great. I mean, they their dogs and cats are very adaptable. Wow. Okay, man. I, I'm gonna we're gonna look into this. For okay, sure. great. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell my friends like, hey, like whenever see, you're ready. <laughs> I, I see that extra closet you guys got there. Like, let's let's fill that right. Put a little bed down there. Yeah, a little space for them. They don't need much as long as they get love and attention, food and water. They're generally pretty happy. Okay. So, so let me ask you, uh, I'm going to turn this a little bit more personal. Yeah. What do you love about working there at uh, Yaki Animal Rescue? Gosh, I love so much. Um, I really love just seeing these animals transform from street dogs and cats to these beautiful, happy creatures. Um, I love working with the staff at Yaki. They are incredible souls. We have people that we refer to as ranch hands that work around the clock. I mean, they are up day and night taking care of these animals. Um, wow. And I also really love the fundraising. We do some of the most amazing events. We have one coming up in October called Barktoberfest. So this is like a German beer festival for your dogs. Okay. And we hold it at 5 by 5 Brewing Company. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, that's a local place as well. Yeah, we, ho we hold it there. And we have vendors and raffles. Uh, 5 by 5 gives a free beer away to everybody who donates a bag of food to us. So if you bring a 10-pound bag of food, you get a free beer. We have doggy races, a stein contest, costume contest. So it is a day, a really fun day for your dog and for your family members as well. Wow. Okay. That's that's something to look forward to then. We got to put that on our calendar. It's a super happy day. Like every year when the day is over, I'm always stressed that day because I'm managing, but when the day is over and I pull back from the day, it's amazing to see 150 dogs show up dressed in costume, having a like the best day ever. And there's always a great turnout. There's always a big turnout. Yep. Okay. And we need another one this year. We're gonna, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna actually have to put that in our calendar. It's so. super cute, and we do a doggy race, and so we have dogs racing each other from a start line to a finish line, and it is about the cutest thing you'll ever see. Okay, I think you sold me on that one <laughs> just with with that doggy race. Okay, we're gonna go check that out. Yeah, and that and that's a fundraiser. So like, I mean, we're supporting the cause at the same time. Yep. So if you come and well, like as I said, if you bring a bag of dog food, then you're gonna get a free beer, and then also we'll have raffles there and participating in our little events. All the money goes back to our animals. So a hundred percent of the proceeds that day will go back to Yaki Animal Rescue. Okay. And let me ask you, and I guess I'll be dating this a little bit. You had a fundraiser at, at the mall at the, yes. is it uh, Kendra Scott? Yes. So how did that go? I'm sure a lot of, uh, a lot of our listeners are wondering how, how did that turn out? It was great. We basically have been collaborating with Kendra Scott for about three years and um, 
on the day of the event, if you show up and make a purchase and you mention our name at checkout, 20% of the purchase will go back to our animals. So it's a really lovely day. You can buy yourself a gift and also help an animal in need. That's a win-win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all you have to do is say that you're, what, what was that? You just have to say that you're supporting the, the Yeah. Just at checkout, you have to, you just say, I'm here supporting Yaki Animal Rescue. And then 20% of what you bought will go directly to us. See, it's, it's, there's so many things that are so easy, right? We just like, we just got to get out there and do it. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. We need to go out there and foster. Yes. We need to bring our pets inside, make sure that they stay our pets, right? Like, like neuter them and make yes. sure that they're not running around. Cause that's, that's probably how it starts, right? The dogs are running around loose in the neighborhood and they, they that's meet That's exactly up. how it starts. Yep. Okay. Man. And to adopt, don't buy from pet stores. Okay. We have, if you go to the pet store at the McAllen Mall, you will be charged two to $3,000 for a dog, and it is likely that that dog will come to you sick. So instead of going and supporting these corporate pet stores, you can take $150 and adopt from us, and we will give you a dog that is already vaccinated, that's spayed and neutered, that's healthy, that is thankful for a home. So don't go to those pet stores. We have all of those animals that are in the pet stores. There's a misconception that um, shelters are only full of mutts, but the truth of the matter is, is that 30% of animals at animal shelters are purebreds. So if you're looking for a purebred, there's a chance that you can find that within a shelter. Wow. That, that might be news to a lot of us. Yes. Because we're thinking, um, unfortunately, we're thinking mutts, we're thinking, you know, dogs that that they're kind of just thrown to the side. But that's true. I mean, this facility, like you're giving them their vaccinations. They're being well fed. Yep. Probably in better shape than some of these kennels then. They are. And those those pet stores mistreat the animals. Um, they're not healthy. They're not happy. It is, it's a really bad environment for them. So it is better to go to a shelter where they're receiving proper care or a rescue where they're receiving proper care. So very literally, we're getting a better pet. If we go to the rescue center. Yes. And even with mutts, um, mutts, there's a, an abundance of research that shows that mutts tend to be better um, animals than purebreds in the sense that they don't get sick as often. They have less behavioral issues. They tend to live longer. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting a mutt. A they're of, great. A lot of them are cuter too. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're just great animals. I mean, all dogs and cats are wonderful, but you don't have to get a purebred animal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Growing up, we never had a purebred. They're, they were all mutts. Yeah, so they were all, and they were like the best dogs too, man. Like they, they're healthier. They live longer. Yeah, I've actually heard that. Um, like purebred's blood sometimes is not too great because the lineage is is like so like. Um, what would you even say? Like it's so. Uh, um, well, they're like, they're, they're genetically sort of modified. Yeah. Yeah. And the gene pool is not very big anyway. Yes. So, so that's it's not diverse. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably get more uh, out of the mutt, like in so many ways. You do. Man, that's okay. You've opened my eyes. To and so even things. senior dogs, a lot of people want puppies and then they get puppies and they realize that puppies are a lot of work. I'm a huge advocate for senior dogs. If you're looking for a low maintenance dog that's potty trained and well-behaved, adopt a senior dog. They're amazing. Okay. That, yeah. And I, we're probably, a lot of us are guilty of the wanting the puppy, right? But. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with wanting a puppy. Puppies are wonderful and amazing, but you do need to have the time and resources to care for that puppy. 
I'm going to put you on the spot here. H- have you ever uh, adopted a dog at your facility? Like someone that's the dog that stole your heart? Has that happened yet? I haven't adopted from Yaki yet because prior to Yaki, I adopted from another local rescue called Forgotten Friends. And that's where I got my pepperoni from. Oh, okay. So it happened just somewhere else. Yeah, it just okay. happened before I even met Yaki. And that's a great organization as well. They're foster-based, so they don't have a facility. But yeah, we started fostering with the intention of letting her be adopted. And then we foster failed. Oh, so you, so you were a foster failure as well. Yep. I'm the, yep. My first dog, my first foster was a foster fail. <laughs> and you, you didn't have dogs before that, right? No, I didn't grow up with dogs. I had one cat growing up. I was not an animal person, but they just bring so many benefits to your life. And there's so much research to show that people with pets are happier. They're healthier. They tend to live longer. Dogs are really great for older people because they reduce feelings of loneliness. If you're living alone, they make you get out and walk every day. They give you routine and structure. There's just so many benefits to having a pet. That's true. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's backed by research, scientific studies that, I mean, there's meta-analyses that talk (laughs) about like just for like your blood pressure and like it literally makes you healthier to have a pet. There's this amazing saying uh, which is my therapist has a wet nose, meaning your animals kind of act as a therapist for you. They're there for you when things are going bad. They're there for you when things are going good. I can attest to that. I can I can think of some of the things I've told my dogs that no one <laughs> <Yes>. else heard. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true for everybody. They're there when you need a hug. Yeah, yeah, that's They're true. kind of the best therapist that ever was. And and it's free therapy too. Right? Free therapy, yep. Yeah, and they're they're never gonna judge you. <laughs> no, and if they do, they get over it really quickly. Yeah, as, as soon as the snacks come out, right? Yes, as soon as the exactly. Okay. Well, this this was fun. Let me ask you. Uh, yeah. Last question. No, it's okay. Go we ahead. I like to ask everybody, what do you love about the Rio Grande Valley? Oh gosh, I love so much. I'm not from here, so I'm originally from upstate New York, and I moved down here when my father took a transfer in his job. And when I moved here, I went through a little bit of culture shock, but then I realized how amazing the people were. I'd never been to an area where people were so open and kind and the music was good and the food was good. And it's just such a unique, amazing place. Um, I always tell my students the story about how I'd only been here about three weeks and I met a nice girl and she said, hey, my cousin's getting married this weekend. You should come to the wedding. And I was like, well, no, I can't come to your cousin's wedding. I don't even know your cousin. That would be so inappropriate. And they're like, no, you can come. Anybody's invited. Anybody who wants to come can come. And it was this really amazing moment where I learned about the Valley, that it's very collectivistic. And if they're having a party, everybody's welcome to, to come to that party and they'll treat you like family. That's very much a thing here. Like a lot of the times it's like after 8.30, every, anyone can show up yes. for, yeah, for the dance. And people are just super, super nice here. Really welcoming. And I think it's the, the best food I've ever had as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Like it's... The valley has its own like uh, it's it's its own world, right? Like it's, Yeah. I like, love that you're high, you're doing a podcast about the valley because... When I first moved here, people talked, people from here talked pretty poorly about the Valley, but I think that's changed in the last 10 years. People are starting to realize what a great place it is. Yeah. It's a place to be also. Yeah, it is. In its own right. 
It is. And it's great culture, great food, great music. Um, yeah, I agree. great. It's cheap. We just have to fix the animal problem now. Yeah. And, and every <laughs> week we're learning something new. We got to meet a Yaki animal rescue. Yeah. And we're we're going to get a little bit closer to that, right? To the, uh, we got to start, uh, learning how to take better care of our pets. We're going to, a lot of us are going to foster now. I, I please, t- we are. Yeah. I'm going to please message us and we'll give you some great stickers and some food for your animals, stickers for you and food for your animals. And we'll make sure that you're totally prepared. It's too easy not to, right? I know. Yeah. And it's fun. It's really, really fun. And if and if you get attached, that's okay too. Yeah, we we kind of secretly hope that that happens. Yeah, but if yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it's okay too. We'll we'll find another solution. Okay. Well, well, thank you for your time. This was thank actually you. really fun, and it's something like I, we mentioned on the offset uh, that we really need to to think about. Right? We need to get a little bit better. Yeah. But we, you know, we're we're getting there. Right? We'll, we'll yeah. get better as a community, and uh, and maybe maybe now you'll you'll see some more. Uh, uh, foot traffic right yes we would love that so yeah so thank you for being uh thank being you on the show. we really appreciate that thank you so much uh, it's a, a beautiful mission we, we thank you you know from from the whole valley thank you for for what you're doing and what the facility is doing it's much needed so we really appreciate uh we don't even know how much work it takes i mean we can only imagine you know the amount of time and the amount of love right that truly has to come from the heart so thank you so much uh, we really appreciate the work and uh Hopefully, you know, this gets uh, more people to, to think about, you know, adopting and fostering. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a good day. Thank you, you too. Bye, everybody. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Don't forget to follow the show on social media for updates on episodes, interactive content, and more opportunities to grow together. We'll see you again next week on your podcast, The Real Grand Podcast. Stay safe. Take care.